If you have your copy of the scripture, go ahead and turn with me to the tiny book of 1 John. 1 John, we're looking at 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 through chapter 5, verse 11. We're now in the sixth part of uh, this series in 1 John, and uh, we will be working our way through uh, each of these small letters, 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. Uh, But um, if you haven't read through 1 John so far, I encourage you to go ahead and read through that this week. It's only five uh, short chapters and uh, some, some great challenges for us as a church as we have worked our way through uh, this letter and some great challenges for you individually as you uh, read through this. We pray that the Spirit just guide you in that. And go ahead and read to the end of uh, chapter 5, which uh, we will uh, get into next week uh, with the uh, kind of concluding remarks from, from John. Now this letter, if you, uh, if you remember... Uh, was written to some of the early believers in the early church, uh, written by the Apostle John. Uh, John, one of uh, Jesus' disciples. In fact, he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Uh, He was a dear friend of Jesus. He walked with him, he talked with him, and he was involved in Jesus' life, all Jesus' public ministry. Uh, And he knew that Jesus is not just a man, but is God's Son. God, in fact, in flesh, who's come to bring salvation to any who will trust in Him. And so John works hard, in, uh, especially in both 1 John and in John's Gospel, to present Jesus as the Messiah, uh, the promised one, the Son of God and God in flesh. He writes 1 John especially to kind of counter the teachings of Gnosticism, which was prevalent in the time of the early church especially, and even still today. Uh, Gnostic teachings were teaching that uh, God is a spirit and could never come in the form of a man, uh, could never lower himself in that. And yet Philippians 2 says that uh, Jesus himself humbled himself uh, to the form of a man, even humbled himself to death, even to death on the cross. Uh, and he was willing to give up all of those uh, riches and glory to be limited as a man for that time uh, to pay the price for us and to be the Lamb of God which wipes away uh, the sins of of, of all mankind. And so the Gnostics t- taught that, that that could never be true, that uh, God is only a spirit, and the only way you could get to know God uh, is through knowledge. Maybe you can, you can learn more about Him and try to get as close as you can, but God was only distant, uh, and there's no way you could have a relationship with God. And John, who walked with Jesus and talked with Him, John writes this letter to say, No, 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 I know Jesus. This is not just a man. This is God in flesh. And he came for a purpose. He came to show God's love. He came to teach us about God's kingdom. And he came to pay the price for your sin and my sin. So now any who have trust in him can have salvation and can have hope. And he come to show us what God's love really is. And so we find ourselves here in, in 1 John 4 in this great famous passage about love. And I just want to read for you just a, a few verses. I don't have it on the screen for you this morning. I just want you to try to read along in your copy of the Scripture. And um, if you don't have a copy of the Scripture, let me know and we'll try to get you one. It's so important that everyone has a Bible uh, for them, themselves to, to read each day and to, to study God's Word. But look with me in 1 John chapter 4. I'll begin reading here in verse 7. John writes, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love God 
I'm sorry, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God has loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for the precious gift of Your Word and for opportunities to open that together as your church may your spirit guide us teach us your ways show us your love and help us to be challenged as your church to live that out in our everyday lives be honored and glorify god through us in this time in jesus precious name we pray amen i love the simplicity of this passage here saying, God is love. If you want to know what love is, you have to know God. Because God is love, and and anyone who, who doesn't love doesn't know God, because God is love. Anyone who loves has to know God, because He is the source of all love. He is love Himself. And we can never really know love, we can never really understand love, until we know God. Now, I say all that to say, it, it sounds simplistic, doesn't it? It sounds wonderful, it just, I mean, it sounds easy. You know God, you know love. But we live in a world that has distorted the word love, haven't we? No one really seems to know what love is. And we, we just throw the word out all the time. Now, Julie mentioned last week that she's a words person. I'm not really a words person because I only know a few words. But the ones I do, I'm really impressed with that I know. And one of the biggest words I learned uh, that I always liked was discombobulated. Okay? Because you can say discombobulated and it sounds like you're intelligent. Right? Now, discombobulated just kind of means it, it's, it's all out of joint. It's all, um, you know, nothing is how it should be. Uh, it's it's kind of thrown out of whack or, or discombobulated. Now, I say that we we have kind of got the, the, the phrase, I love you, or the word love, all discombobulated, right? We, we've mixed it all up, and we've, we've contorted it in so many different ways that no one really understands what it is anymore. It's kind of like, oh, here's another word for you. I'll, I'll try to, I'm trying to sound really intelligent today. I learned in a, uh, a chemical biology class one time, see, that, that sounds important just because I went to a chemical biology class, I didn't say I passed it, but I went to it. Anyway, and I learned there was a phrase called coagulated. Now, coagulate is what happens to an egg. It means uh, if you take an egg and you, you crack the egg and you dump it in the, the pan, whatever, mix it up, it'll never look the same again, will it? You can't repackage that egg and put it back in its same form. Now, um, water, when it can... You know, it can become water, it can become a vapor, then it can become water again, it can become ice, and it can become water again. It can, it can change and come back to its form. An egg, once you, you shake an egg, you, you crack the egg, it's coagulated in that it's changed its form and can never come back again. Now, 
My fear for this, um, the word love in today's society is that if we're not careful, if we're not careful as a church to show what love really is and who God really is, then this word love is such a fragile thing. By the world, it, it seems like such a, it's just kind of carried out to the wind. It's such a fragile thing that if we're not careful, it's, it'll change its form so much that no one recognizes it anymore. And it can never get back to, to what it really is meant to be. When God, in His love for us, has been steadfast, has been strong, has been faithful. And, and John writes here to this early church, who people in the early days of the church were mixed up in everything the world was teaching. Every sort of sin, every sort of corruption that was out there, the people in, in, in John's society here were into it. And he's writing to these sort of early Christians who are trying to go against the flow of society. And he's trying to say to them, you need to hold up the truth of what love is. You need to show who love really is in God. The only way to really love is to know God. Because God is love. So it sounds like a very simplistic statement. It sounds very easy to say God is love. But he's saying a profound challenge to the early church and a challenge for us today is to say we need to stand on the truth of God's Word. We need to stand for the truth of who God is and we need to live out His love. Not the world's views of love. Not this contorted, coagulated, discombobulated love. We need to lift up the truth of God and that is receiving God's love and living out God's love. God's love is available for any who believe. Chapter 4, verse 7 to 12 says, God is love and, and whoever wants to know love needs to know God for God is love. And God's love lives through us in the Holy Spirit. John chapter 4, verse 13 to 17 says this, This is how we know that we live in Him and He in us. He has given us His Spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, then God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence in the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. It says we can know love completely because God, love, through the Holy Spirit, lives in us. The New Testament is very clear that uh, when we accept Christ as our Savior and uh, when we give our heart to Him, then the Holy Spirit of God actually lives in our heart and we can know love because God, love Himself, is with us every single day through every single situation, no matter what we go through, God is with us. And we can know how to bring love into every situation because He's already with us. We just have to allow Him to work through us. We have to allow Him to shine through us. We know God's love because He lives in us. There used to be, um, when I was a teenager, I think it's still out there now, but when I was a teenager, there was a big phrase, what would Jesus do? And everyone had bracelets and necklaces and stuff that said WWJD. And, and every, it seemed like you weren't a good Christian unless you were wearing a WWJD thing. And everyone had it on their bumper stickers and around 
And in every situation, the idea is you would think, hold on, what would Jesus do here? Well, we don't have to worry about whether or not we have a, a bracelet that's going to kind of remind us what God would do or how Jesus would act in a situation. We actually have the Spirit of God. God Himself is with us in the Holy Spirit in every situation to lead us and to guide us and to show us how to love no matter what. How to, show, to show us how to love in every situation. Now, I've been around long enough to know that it's not always easy to love. It's not always easy to keep showing love. Some of you, of course, all of you are easy to love. You guys are amazing, right? Of course, I wouldn't be talking about you if I say that some people aren't easy to love. But there are some people out there, trust me, who aren't always easy to love. There are some situations in life where it's not easy to keep on loving people. It's not easy to keep showing grace, to keep showing mercy. And God says He wants us to, to carry His love with us at all times, in all situations, in every relationship. And when people encounter us, they need to encounter God and love. They need to know the truth of what love is by how we live, by how we represent Him in every situation. Now that's a big challenge, isn't it? And John writes this early church to say, in every situation, you're bringing God with you. God is with you to walk with you, to strengthen you, but also to share His love through you as you're willing to kind of step back out of the way and allow Him to love. And 1 John 4, 18 is this great verse that talks about that love is just fearless. It says there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. There's no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And so the one who fears is not made perfect in love. Perfect love, God's love, casts out fear. Because in God, there is strength, there is security, there is stability, there is hope. There is light. And it says here, John says, fear has to do with the darkness. Fear has to do with punishment. Fear has to do with torment. God is light and hope and freedom. And one has nothing to do with the other. And so you should never have to, to worry or, or be fearful when, when God is present. And God is always present in the life of believers. And so we should live fearlessly in God's love. Now that's not to say you're never going to be in a situation where you're scared. It's not to say that, that Christians never worry about anything or uh, that you never have any fear. Now, I remember we, we were joking the other day, Lindy and I were talking about when uh, I think Abby was a, a baby. But anyway, we had a, a bird that got in the house. Okay? Now, it wasn't a big bird. It was just a bird. Uh, but it was in the house. And we're going, we've got to get this out of her bedroom. You know? So Lindy and I are, are going to be brave and we're walking in there to get this bird. And of course, what happens when you get close to the bird? He flies at you, doesn't he? Or he swoops at you. And all of a sudden, the brave ones who are going in there are ducking and we're moving around. You know? And this little bitty bird has won the, the, the thing and we're scared of this little bird. Now, this little bird, if we catch him he's not going to do anything for us he might peck us a little bit 
But um, we were scared of this thing. And then we're going in with a, a sheet to get this, this bird, okay? And we go in and we, we finally get him there and, and I kind of cuddle him. And we, we bring him outside and we set him free and he's fine and we were fine. The whole situation was, was calm and okay. But for a moment there, there was some fear. We were scared of this little bird. Now, my four-year-old was just on the farm a couple weeks ago. And she walks in, to, we took her down to feed the chickens. She was so excited about feeding the chickens. And we think, oh, what's she going to be like when she actually gets in there with all these big chickens? And uh, so she walks out, we open the door, and she walks straight back to the chickens and starts trying to pet them. Yeah? So she was not of a bird that was more than 10 times the size of the one we were scared of. She showed no fear. She just walked straight up. And she was, her only thing was she was upset because they wouldn't stand still and let her pat them. Uh, and she goes, they won't let me pat them. No, no, baby, they won't. Uh, so they were scared of her. But we, even as, as Christian people, can sometimes have situations in our life, whether you think they're comical or not, where we have fear. And there could be some genuine things in our life that worry us. A loved one who is struggling. Someone who's, whose health is uncertain, and we don't know what, how things are going to work out. Maybe you know someone right now who is who is hurting and struggling and, and you worry about them and you're afraid of what might take place. There is genuine concern, brothers, and it's not saying we should never be afraid. It's saying we should be confident in God's love. In that no matter what the situation, no matter what life throws our way, God is love and God's love can prevail if we can stand confident in allowing Him to love in every situation. We cannot trust the darkness. We not trust the fear, but we say, you know what, God, I'm going to allow you to do what you want to do. I'm going to allow you to show your grace through me. I'm going to allow you to show your love through me, and I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand strong and know that you are God and that you can be trusted. I don't like this situation. I don't, I'm, I'm not comfortable here. I don't know how things are going to work out, but I know, God, that you love me and that your love will shine through. I know that you are at work in the good and in the bad, I know that you can be trusted, and God, your love will shine through. We can have confidence in God's love. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to worry. We can trust our great God. And then there's a great challenge going into chapter 5, beginning verse 1 to 5. It says, this love that we receive from God, this confident, fearless love, a love that just consumes us and goes with us everywhere we go. This love was never meant to be kept to ourselves. This love is meant to be shared. This love is meant to be lived down in all of our relationships. Look with me in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well, so Jesus as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out His commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep His commands. And His commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Many of you remember the old hymn that says, Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That's a great statement, isn't it? It's straight here from, from 1 John chapter 5. We 
live out God's love through faith and therefore overcome the challenges of the world, the temptations of the world, the confusion of the world. By knowing God's love and knowing who God is and living out His love, we then represent Him instead of ourselves. We then represent Him rather than the world. We live out God's love by following His commands. In fact, it says this is love, following God's commands. Now, these commands aren't burdensome. This isn't just being restricted uh, by rules. But following who God is, trying to be like Him, learning from His Word every day who God is and what His love is all about and trying to live that love out in our relationships, trying to be show that grace and that mercy, trying to be steadfast and strong as God loves us, trying to be forgiving as He forgives us. We love God by following His commands and by living according to His Word, but we love God by loving others. And if we truly experience God's love, it should overflow into every relationship in our life, into our marriages, into our family. It doesn't mean you're always going to get it right. I don't know about you, but it seems like, it seems like we get things wrong far more than we get it right. In marriages, and family, in workplaces, whatever it is. But we should try to keep loving others. We try to keep allowing God to show. And my, my life goal, I guess you'd say, is that by the end of my life, people see more of God in me and less of me. I, I just think it should be a, a constant progression in that hopefully every year people can see a bit more of God in me. They can see a bit more of His love, a bit more of Him is shining through and, and less of me. That's my goal. And that's what 1 John 5, 1 to 5 is saying is people will know who we belong to. They will know that we are Christ because we are recognizing that Jesus is the Son of God and we're trying to live out His love in our relationship. And God's love should just shine out. Verses 6 to 11, I'm not going to read that for you this morning. I'll challenge you to read through that. 1 John 5, 6 to 11 challenges that talking about the, the testimony and what we believe in we believe that Jesus is God's Son, that Jesus is God in flesh, come to provide salvation for us. God testified that this is true. The Holy Spirit testifies that this is true. And we show that we believe it if we are living out God's love. God's love should shine out. God's love should show our knowledge of God. It should show whether or not we really believe in God. Our lives should show our love for God. Our lives should show our relationship with God. And our lives should show the passion to know God's love. Do you have a relationship with God? Is it, is it growing, ever growing in His love? Then that shows to the world we need to allow Him to shine. We need to allow Him to show. God's love should be something that we don't just Enjoy. We don't just bask in, but we let it shine out. Now, I have to admit that they're, uh, growing up in Kentucky, uh, there aren't too many beaches around. If you know anything about Kentucky, it's landlocked. Uh, the nearest beach is um, about a 12-hour drive or so. So growing up, we never went to the beaches. 
Um, we did go to, there's a, a lake there that has a, a dam, where, a, a river that's dammed up. There's a little lake on the other side, and there's a little bit of sand there. Hey? And they used to call it that the beach. You know? We would go to the beach and, and kind of lay out there. Now, there's no ways at this beach. You could jump off a rock into the lake, uh, things like that, lay out in the sun. But when I first went to the beach, it was in 1987. I only went one time before ever moving to Australia. Uh, we went on one family holiday that I remember growing up, and that was to the beach. We went down to Daytona, Florida, and we went out, and I couldn't get away. I couldn't wait to get out in the sun. And having never grown up around the beach, I didn't know anything about it. I'm just going, this is awesome. And we went out, and we laid out on the beach, and we laid out on the beach, and we laid out on the beach, and we swam some, and then we laid out on the beach. And I'm thinking, this is the best day I've ever experienced until later that night <laughs> when I hadn't realized how red I had become. Now, we put sunscreen on in the morning, and we thought we were fine. That's not a good idea, just to put sunscreen on in the morning and go all day. I had never been so red. I had never been so sore in my whole life. And, and for the next two days of our holiday, my mom's putting rubbing alcohol. If you ever put rubbing alcohol on a burn, don't suggest it, okay? It's, it's not fun. But she's putting rubbing alcohol on my back, and it's stinging all the more, and I'm uh, experiencing the joys of, uh, of my first time at the beach. And I kind of lived... Uh, the, learn the hard way uh, how to protect yourself and stuff at the beach. Now, I loved that time of just basking in the sun. I loved just laying there and just let it, feeling those rays hit you. I love it even more now that I know that I'm protected a bit more uh, from, from the sun. But I could be one. I, I think I could, I could just live at, at the beach. I'm happy to kind of lay there. I get a little bit too hot. I go for a swim. I come back out. I lay there, I just kind of bask in the sun. I love it. I don't even turn as red anymore. I've learned to kind of use some precautions to protect yourself. But God's love, man, God's love can be like that. And we come along sometimes in church, and man, we sing about God's love, and it just feels good, don't we? We sing about His grace and His mercy and His strength, and it's like we're just laid out, just soaking it in. We're soaking in His love, and we're just basking in it, and we're loving it. And, and the rays feel great, and, uh, and we're, we're getting our nice tan, and we're, we're just loving it. But, but God's love was never meant to be something that just we come and sing a few songs on a Sunday morning, and when we get our feel of it, and then we go back out and live however we want during the week. In fact, that's exactly what John was speaking against to the early church. He's saying, it doesn't do any good to talk about God's love. It doesn't do any good to know God and to experience that love and to bask in that, the radiance of God's love if you're not applying it to your life and living it out. The church should be living out God's love in every relationship, in our workplace, in our families, in our marriages, whatever that is, in every aspect of our life, we should be showing, demonstrating, shining out God's love. It is to be lived out. We are to know God's love. Because God is with us. His Holy Spirit lives in our heart. We carry God into every situation. We can know how He would love. We can allow Him to love through us. But we have to be willing to step out of the way. We have to be willing to not only love God and to be loved by God, to not only receive that grace and mercy, but to live that out in our relationships with others. And hence is the challenge. It's easy to receive the love, isn't it? It's easy to kind of bask in that. It's even easy to sing about how loving God is. 
It's challenging when we're in those situations with people who aren't easy to love or situations in which it's not easy to continue to be faithful, continue to love. It's challenging to live out that love. God challenges us here through 1 John to be consistently loving. In fact, to be pushing more and more toward love, to be learning to love a bit more every day, to be learning to honor God a bit more every day, to be trying to show God a bit more every day. So God's love is not just something we receive. It's not just something we know. God is not just someone that that we experience and have a great relationship with, but that relationship affects every part of our life. I pray that we are a church that not only knows God and we try to live according to His Word, but we live out that love. We show that grace in every aspect of our lives in this community. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You and I praise You for Your amazing love. I thank You, Lord, for the grace and the mercy that You give to us every single day, in every situation, whether we are faithful to You or not. You are forever faithful. You are forever strong. You are forever gracious and loving and merciful. Lord, thank You for the way that You love us. Thank You for opportunities to to experience Your love and to bask in Your love. Thank You for opportunities to just worship You and to sing together Your praise and Your adoration. And thanks for all that You do. But we pray, Lord, that we not just bask in the radiance of Your love, but we be challenged to live that love out, to allow Your Spirit to shine out in every situation in our life, in every aspect of our life, in every relationship of our life. Help us, God, to honor You. Help us to glorify You. Help us to show your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.